This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, AFGE has a problem with another agency's plans to reopen offices. A federal lawsuit over the 2015 Office of Personnel Management breach seems all but wrapped up. And a few agencies lay out their plans for diversifying their leadership ranks. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. The American Federation of Government Employees files another complaint on return to office plans. The union expresses more concerns about health and safety protocols at the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. AFGE recommended bringing EEOC employees back to the office in a phased approach based on local COVID-19 transmission levels. But the union says the agency implemented a generalized return to office plan last month before finishing negotiations. The EEOC says it's monitoring local COVID-19 conditions and requiring masks in the office in counties with high transmission. A union for foreign service officers is raising questions about the role artificial intelligence plays in assessing new recruits. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has more. The American Foreign Service Association is seeking answers on how the State Department will use AI algorithms to make a first pass on candidates seeking to join the Foreign Service. Once the AI algorithm screens candidates, active duty members of the Foreign Service and members of the public will review the slate of candidates and decide who moves forward with the oral exam. AFSA President Eric Rubin says the Foreign Service receives about 6,000 applications a year, but he says that's still too many applications to manually review. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. A former OMB director sends a stark warning to federal employees about violating spending laws. Federal News Network's Jason Miller has those details. Russ Vogt, the former OMB director during the Trump administration, is warning the Biden administration's efforts to promote voter registration at federal facilities could put employees in jeopardy of violating the Anti-Deficiency Act. Vogt wrote to current OMB director Shalanda Young yesterday detailing his concerns. He says OMB needs to be more transparent with agency plans for implementing the president's March 2021 executive order on promoting access to voting. Federal budget experts, however, say votes concerns may be overstated and employees with any questions should check with their general counsel. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. You can add the Labor Department's unemployment insurance program to the list of COVID-19 related victims. The UI program's persistent problems, including the large amount of fraud, waste and abuse it suffered from over the last two years, landed it on the Government Accountability Office's high risk list. GAO says problems with customer service, timely claims processing, and the implementation of new programs became evident during the pandemic and demonstrated that UI needed more oversight and attention. GAO says the program's improper payment rate more than doubled in 2021 as compared to 2020 to 18.9%. GAO now has 38 programs on its high-risk list. News on a potential multi-million dollar settlement for victims of the Office of Personnel Management hack. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday has more on that. A D.C. federal judge this week preliminarily approved a $63 million settlement as part of a class action lawsuit brought by victims of the breach into OPM databases. The cyber attack was uncovered in 2015. By then, hackers had stolen information on nearly 22 million current and former federal employees. The Chinese government is widely thought to be behind the hack. The proposed settlement would only compensate those who can prove they were financially affected by the breach. The court's order sets a December 23rd deadline to submit a claim. 
Justin Doubleday, Federal News Network. The Federal Retirement Thrift Investment Board works to resolve issues with the Thrift Savings Plan's new website. Federal News Network's Drew Friedman has more for us. The TSP board adds 185 new customer service representatives to handle record high call volumes and long hold times. That says some TSP participants experience technical issues and missing financial information after a major update to the My Account website. The board says participants now have access to year-to-date contributions. Almost 90% of TSP participants have logged in successfully. Drew Friedman, Federal News Network. The Department of Housing and Urban Development, NASA, and the Homeland Security Department are among agencies looking to strengthen equity in federal leadership roles. At HUD, 54% of senior executives are women, compared with 36% government-wide. HUD Deputy Secretary Adrian Todman says to further improve diversity and equity in leadership, the agency develops internal talent and partners with affinity groups. That comes as the Partnership for Public Service launches a new leadership institute to develop employee skills and improve public trust in government. The CXO Fellows Program is back this year for 100 new federal leaders. CXO Fellows are GS9 to GS13 leaders stationed in the Washington area who specialize in acquisition and procurement, financial management and budget, human capital, information technology, and data. The free, year-long professional development program has been running since 2014. Fellows will meet three times a month during the virtual program to discuss leadership, cross-functional and interagency collaboration, and career development. Applications to the CXO Fellows Program are due on Friday. Air Force General Anthony Cotton is nominated as the next Chief of U.S. Strategic Command. In that role, he'll be responsible for the U.S.'s nuclear arsenal. If confirmed, Cotton will take over the position from Navy Admiral Charles Richard. Cotton is currently serving as commander of Air Force Global Strike Command in Barksdale Air Force Base, Louisiana. Military service members are getting closer to a big pay raise next year, but it could get even bigger. Federal News Network Scott Massioni explains. A House panel agreed to add a 4.6% pay raise for military service members to the 2023 Defense Authorization Bill. That bill's made it into law every year for the past six decades. However, with the rising inflation rates, lawmakers are wondering if the pay raise is enough. Congressional staff members say they're keeping a close eye on inflation rates and how service members are being affected. The aides say lawmakers are not ruling out the possibility of making the military pay hike even higher next year to offset price increases. Scott Massioni, Federal News Network. Meanwhile, food insecurity affected one in five military families as of last year. That's up from one in eight in 2019. It's an issue that's been around for decades, but DOD has not directly studied food insecurity among service members and veterans until now. While new data is expected in October, groups that have researched the issue have plenty of ideas for short-term solutions. These include changing the eligibility of SNAP benefits, combating the stigma around food insecurity, and making sure lower-ranking service members know about assistance programs sooner. The Army is unveiling the military's first solar arrays as the newest method to combat climate change. The 1.1 megawatt array is floating on Big Muddy Lake at Fort Bragg's Camp Mackle. In North Carolina, one megawatt can power around 2,100 homes. Fort Bragg also opened a new electronic recloser to better protect power lines and minimize damage during power outages. The Army is opening these new methods during President Joe Biden's National Ocean Month, which calls attention to the importance of minimizing climate change. Biden released the first Ocean Climate Action Plan yesterday and suggested steps to minimize and stop distributing single-use plastic products in national parks. 
On that plan, the Interior Department does plan on eliminating out single-use plastic products at national parks by 2032. Interior Secretary Deb Holland is directing the agency to begin phasing out disposable plastic bags, food containers, bottles, straws, cups, and cutlery. In their place, Holland says the agency will seek compostable and biodegradable materials, as well as 100% recycled materials. This marks just one of several agency policies that the Biden administration announced in recognition of World Ocean Day. And the Department of Homeland Security is rolling out a new mobile application for intelligence sharing. The app, DHS Intel, is designed to share intelligence with law enforcement and first responders across the country. Users will need a Homeland Security Information Network account to access the application. DHS says it will provide more timely info compared to email bulletins and websites designed for desktop computers. The app is currently available in Apple's App Store, while it's expected to hit Android's App Store later this summer. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com, search Federal Newscast, and subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts. I'm Eric White. Reconnect with a carpool or vanpool. Even if you're commuting just a few days a week, Commuter Connections can match you with others that live and work near or at the same place as you. Prefer taking the bus or train? There's never been a better time to reconnect with transit. Plus, you have the added comfort of knowing Guaranteed Ride Home is there for any unexpected emergency for free. For more options, visit commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. Some restrictions apply.